Hey guys, and welcome to Our Stats. We've got Adam, hey. Livy, Hello. and I'm Seth. Today we're going to be talking about a variety of things, and we're going to try to keep it on the lighter side. And so, to start... Are we not going to have any banter? Or introduce the topic? We can. I hey didn't. guys, we're going to get you on today. Uh, so this Nickelback song I found... Fair enough. Hello, welcome to Nickelback Cast. Let's get right into the Nickelback. That would work a lot better if we were a Nickelback fan cast, which I'm not saying we should not be. I'm ready for the full Nickelback conversion. Let's get into the theory of Nickelback. Nickelback conversion therapy. I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but also, as a fan of U2, I don't think this is the right political move for you. (laughs) To say, like, no, done with you too. Time to get on the Nickelback train. Who do you think is more disliked at this time in America? You two or Nickelback? Nickelback. Still? Nickelback didn't, like, quote-unquote infect everyone's phones. (laughs) I I feel dirty saying that, because that's not what happened. (laughs) I mean, that's true. But I think people are willing to, like, forget it's kind of like the Cleveland Browns right now. Like, the Cleveland Browns will still be a joke 30 years from now. Right. I understand they're not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. Nickelback at one point in time had, like, a number one top hit. You know, the Cleveland Browns won't have that. But I think Nickelback will always be the butt of jokes. Hmm. Mostly because they say things that rhyme with bacon. <laughs> But I feel like they're still less hated than you too. I think that's the difference is that Nickelback is a joke and so nobody passionately hates Nickelback. Do Everyone... people passionately hate you too? Yes, very much. What do they hate about them? Um is it the like <coughs> trying to cure AIDS in Africa thing? <laughs> okay, yeah, that's the thing that I'll tell you the story. The last time I saw you too was uh Here's your banter, by the way. Yeah, this is banter. <laughs> there you go. Uh, last time I saw you two, which was on their uh, Joshua Tree tour, uh, the 30th anniversary tour, I saw them in New Orleans. And I was going to say, lady... I don't think you would have been alive for the first one. No, you're right. It was the 30th anniversary one. Um, the lady in front of us had just been jamming out in this, like, middle-aged, this-is-the-only-event-I-go-out-for kind of way um, until they started talking about, like, Project Red and getting rid of poverty and AIDS when she just threw up double birds and just flipped off the stage from, like, 100 yards back. The entire time Bono was talking about their humanitarian efforts, <laughs> she jammed out to the next song, which they dedicated and showed images of all these feminists on screen and like all the great social work that they did. Um, she jammed to that one. It really was just that like the thought of getting rid of poverty and AIDS just really set her off. I don't <laughs> understand it. I mean, I'm hoping that she was doing that towards. Poverty and yeah. AIDS, one for each. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's right. Screw you guys. Yeah, yeah but I, I think that people think that you two come off as very um, arrogant, especially Bono, because um, he makes all these grand political statements. And for whatever reason, many of you two's fans don't appreciate the political statements. Like that's not your job. 
even though they've been doing it for like four like years. Colin Kaepernick <laughs> fans. Right, it's very yeah. similar to that. Yeah. God, if Bono ever <laughs> kneels on stage while playing the national anthem, there will be an uproar. Um, they also think that they're a little two-faced about some of their actual politics, considering that U2 moved all of like their business and banking to countries that don't actually have like taxes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because Ireland came out with like a 90% tax rate for people who, like, like a famous people level of tax rate taxes them at like 90% so they moved it to somewhere in Central Europe that doesn't have any taxes and so people think that that's like a little two-faced in their politics how long were they there though where in Ireland getting taxed like I mean this happened a few years ago I'm not I don't know all the details I guess my point would be if they were being overtaxed for a while, and then they moved to the place where they were being undertaxed, in the scheme of things, <laughs> they're right in the middle with everybody else. It's true. I, I think people just don't like how selfish it seems for them to be moving their money away around in a way that benefits them when they talk about a lot of humanitarian stuff and being generous. Yeah, but if they were moving somewhere else where they could save more money... As humanitarians, wouldn't they just put the money that they're saving towards their humanitarian efforts? See, that's what I would... I would love to argue that. I'm just not sure enough about the details to make that stand <laughs> and blasted for supporting you two in some but unethical you, But business. you see, I'm willing to just throw my support willy-nilly <laughs> that way. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. I think Nickelback doesn't make these grand political statements. Um, God, I want to Google Nickelback political statements now. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> What's his name? The main Chad Kroger. Chad, yes, it is. I wanted to call him what like is... Rick or something. It's Chad. <laughs> Chad's politics. I couldn't name a single Nickelback song. What? You I mean, didn't jam the rock star when you were in like middle school. I never played rock star. Or no, photograph. The song. Oh what? Oh no. <laughs> oh rock band. Sorry, rock band was the name of the game. <laughs> I, yeah, clearly not familiar with either of these pop culture <laughs> touchstones. Here's the thing. I'm not going to play more Nickelback for you than is necessary. Sounds great. Although, I will also say, I'm not above occasionally yearning for just a little bit of it. You know, just like, you okay. know what? I do need to hear okay. that song. That's about as, like, one song is as far as that yearning ever goes. Though. So, Seth, you're about to ostensibly punish us with Nickelback. Can you explain to us why it is that you're doing this? Yeah, so what I would like to look at is, I think, especially in pop music, there are several songs that I think at some point, like, hey, this sounds like something else. or And so there's a variety of it sounds like something else. Is it exactly the same? Or are there some deeper musical structures that, you know, I'm just not aware of, and that's really what I'm hearing, and that's why it starts to sound the same. But I also think there's, I guess, kind of like we talked about in, I forget what the episode title was, but one of the rap ones, where there are other little musical elements that may have been put in there specifically to refer to something else. Okay. So that's kind of. So are we just going to like blast musical plagiarists? (laughs) Today is that what we're doing? Are we just gonna put homies I, like Vanilla Ice on blast? No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, okay. 
Maybe. I mean, I'm not sure if it's Megan Trainer or Ollie Murs, but one of them, I feel like you would agree with me, is going to sound like someone just stole the song. What a bold thesis statement. <laughs> <laughs> I'll... I'll pay for your submission fees if you submit a paper that's got Megan Trainer in the in the title in the uh, what's there's the uh, words there's two of her songs on here although like I was saying the <coughs> other one that I have on here I don't really think it's the whole song there's just like one little moment where I'm like ah uh, there seems to be a similar musical structure there that you know I'm hearing as okay maybe these two are connected gotcha. Okay, so it's not it's not necessarily a negative thing. You just want to talk about how similar things are and maybe figure out why. Right, and um, there's an Ed Sheeran song that, on the list of Ed Sheeran songs that you would know from the most recent album, I actually think this one's further down. This one, I think, has something in common with another song, but I, th- I feel like it's intentional. I didn't find anywhere online where... It specifically said, like, yep, that was intentional, put it in there. But when I listen to the two things and I know what the two different songs are about, it seems connected. Hmm. Gotcha. Well, let's give me some examples. I'm even, I'm even... Nickelback. Yeah, you can even say that I'm I'm craving a little of the Nick. Yeah. Does (laughs) anybody call him that? No, don't. I admit that. (laughs) Don't. You know, people are just going to get confused and think you're talking about, like, the Rolling Stones or something. If I call him the well, Nick? Well, it'd be Mick. But right. Uh, yeah. Okay. But I feel like if you just said it, they'd be like, oh, Rolling Stones? Yeah, I could go for that. I think I would look dumb in two ways if people thought I was talking about the Rolling Stones. Maybe I, I'm just... <laughs> you mean Mick? <laughs> it's the dumbest nickname I've ever heard, and you didn't get it right. All right, so here we go. is really funny is one it's like let's do this whole song on beats one and two and the other one's like let's just do three and four <laughs> they definitely have like a pretty consistent form <laughs> structure if the chorus hits on the same beat <laughs> so yeah but that, to me, that's like the worst case scenario. However, it's also they just like reuse their own material, <laughs> which I'm going to hate myself later in life for saying this, but Beethoven did the same thing. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Those did two things put, are not equivalent, but they're in the same. Nickelback and Beethoven in the same sentence? <laughs> Look, all I'm saying is artists should be allowed to reuse their own material, which is clearly what they did. But, huh. man, yeah, I'm, I'm just really impressed by, like, how consistent their structure is, that, like, <laughs> the chorus and, like, the beat change on the same beat I should have without any alteration. Yeah, I should have looked up how far apart those songs were years-wise, but I didn't, and I'm not going to spend time on that. Pretty but good. I should have, because I feel like that would have really given us perspective on how, you know, either cyclical the band is or how consistent they are. Yeah. 
I will say it definitely took me back. I didn't listen to Nickelback, but I listened to things like that. And yeah. so it definitely <laughs> took me to a place I haven't been in a while. Yeah, like early 2000s rock yeah. music. You're like, ah, oh, this is the dream. <laughs> After that, it was all like angsty teen Paramore or Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. Oh, oh, I forgot about Red Jumpsuit yeah. Apparatus. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Did you listen to them? No, no, I have no idea who that is. Well, uh, if you ever feel like yeah, being I, I an angsty all, teen I'm again. I'm just going to start off, like, I missed out on a lot of the mid-2000s. You so. really should listen Let's to Red see. Jumpsuit Apparatus if you just want an immediate flashback. It doesn't matter if you haven't listened to them before. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I would definitely I feel the early 2000s vibe. <laughs> that standing I, in the middle see. of, like... Plain White Tees kind of went the other direction of angsty teen. Yeah, but it was also, more like a whiny version. But also still like that 2005. <laughs> is there is there someone else that I'm forgetting? Of like the angsty teen? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's different for everyone. I think you got some of the good ones, though. Paramore. Um, I feel like there's one right there that I almost have. Gosh. I mean... I can't think of their you name. You could say, I, Fall Out Boy was... Fall Out Boy. Man, this is where we're going to hang out. Sound, you guys just have to call me for next episode to <laughs> go back to 20th century music no, or something. No, no. That's... Angsty Teens is another episode. Okay. All right. So you're going to need to find a guest host for that one because I am not educated and I'm not convinced I want to be. I don't have had no angst. What, what we'll do is we will just find... Livy and I will find angsty teen music and okay. just play it for you, yeah. and you'll be the judge of which one makes you feel the most like an angsty like teen. Adam reviews early two thousands. That would be fun. <laughs> that is a good idea. We can make that a series. Are, are all American rejects gonna make a? Oh, an that's a perfect one. That's that was one of the ones that was right there, and I just didn't remember. Oh. Move along. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I could just continue gosh. talking about this, but I don't think that was the point. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> we'll move on to the angsty music of today, such as Ollie Murr's Dance With Me Tonight and Megan Trainer, Dear Future Husband. See you tonight. I'm going to call oh. my friend Ollie up here. I haven't heard this one, but immediately. Unfortunately, we have to listen to like a minute. I like it, but I don't know. When did this come out? Before or after? I'm pretty sure this one came out first. Oh, oh Megan Trainer. Yeah, you dirty dog. This is just because this sounds like he just ripped her off. Just because I know her song. I'm pretty sure his came out first. What's it called? Uh, Dance with me tonight. <laughs> Although, on her video, it also says, like, one of the comments was like, love this song, even though it kind of sounds like this song. Adam, are you paying attention? I'm trying to look it up. Alright. That's literally as far as we have to go. I'll back this one Ooh, up, though. that one came out in 2011, and I don't think Megan Trainer had a career then. No. Oof. I told you we were going to burn some people. Now this, this is different. It didn't start the same way. Right. If only we had the exact same bass line and like, what, bass sax or something. 
to like baritone sax or something. Take me on a date, I deserve a pay. And don't forget the flowers that bring in the first array. Cause if you treat me right, I'll be the perfect life. Fine groceries, I mean, fine, fine what you need. You got the nine to five. I'll save that thought for the podcast. So don't be thinking I'll be home and making up the past. I never learned a book, but I can find a book. Sing along with me, sing, sing along with me. This song is terrible. <laughs> She's just a butthole for the entire song. <laughs> hey, ladies, I don't want you standing up for yourselves. She's just making needless demands in this whole song. That's how you get a husband. You're like, Do you it's like the, it's like the fake Marilyn Monroe quote. Like, if you can't handle me at my worst, she'll deserve me at my best. Like, I think those things look actually do the same thing. I'm not in- interested. All right, did you get enough of those two things? Yeah, I definitely had enough. <laughs> Whoa. I meant enough to know that they're the same song. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah right. I don't know how I could have missed that interpretation. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of seemed like you wanted more Nickelback when I was playing it. So. <laughs> what if I do that? If I just make like little comments in there that you have to go in and take out? Like, like oh. this one right now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, people are going to have to think that um that I like Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, in their defense, they did use like just the standard do up chord progression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But instrumentation was pretty distinctive. Yeah. But it's not their fault for using one, six, four, five. Yeah, but I guess like uh, part of the conversation that I want to talk about is I don't think you should be penalized. Kind of like uh, that Axis of Power has done, where it's like, here are all Axis the... Axis of Awesome? Yeah, sorry. Uh-huh. Axis of Awesome. Uh, Axis of Power may have been like a Nazis you know, group <laughs> or something. That's definitely what that is. But anyways, Axis of Awesome, <clears throat> you know, with their four-chord song, which is fun, you know? And don't get me wrong, all those songs have something in common. But, okay... All the Mozart songs pretty much revolve around, like, one and five. Yeah, you may go through all 12 major keys or all the different minor keys, but you're still just moving around with one and five a lot of the time. So, to me, you could look at each little genre throughout time and say, oh, look, they use similar chords. So, just because it's the exact same chords... I don't necessarily have a problem with. It's more, it's the same melody, it's the same bass line, and it's the same instrumentation. Like, maybe we switched which exact bass line instrument we were using, but you were still going for the same general effect. And that's where, to me, you can start oh, to I be agree. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, this is the same. <laughs> that's what, I mean, just the familiar sound of it. I don't think it's either their fault, but at least as far as like the progression goes. But the the rest of it being so familiar is definitely yeah. a problem for one of those two people. And we looked it up and it was being a trainer. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, um, you know, I'll talk more about this later, but with Sam Smith's album that came out, one of the things that I had read was... Because I had wondered, like, man, it's taken them a long time to come out with a second album, and the first one was so popular. It was just like, what's the deal? And apparently, um, the 
producers, publishers, whoever mm-hmm. in charge said, you know, basically we've got it like locked and loaded. Let's wait another year. Interesting. And I think part of that has to do with there are other songs that either were popular then, like that year, uh-huh. or were popular recently enough that some of the stuff sounds similar to that it was like, no, we're not going to have the <clears throat> like fiscal gain that we want if we release it too early and people basically don't get excited about the song because they just had a song that sounded like that. Do you know which uh, other songs and artists it was that they were worried about? No. And because that's, if you could that's find only speculation that list, on me. Oh, uh, okay. Because if you could find that list and then cross-reference it to artists that were on his label... Mm-hmm. They'd be like competing with themselves. I think that that might be. They he only had. Oh, okay. No, sorry. For a second, I thought you meant on the album with them, and that's not oh, what no, you no, meant. No, you no, meant no. on I the meant same on, on yeah, the same yeah, record yeah. label that they'd be cap, they'd be cannibalizing their own sales. Right. I think that is more likely than that. Just they said these are all too similar that's... because that's not really a hallmark of the pop music industry yeah. to say these are too similar. We can't release this. That's possible. I don't know who James Bay. I don't know if he's with the same one, but that what there's a song that I have that we're gonna listen to in a second. That I there's a similarity at some point, kind of in the chorus. Mm-hmm. That's like, hmm, they're both British. I wonder, but I don't know. Um, so the next one. This Man, one, I'm sure you hope you have some uh, Michael Bublé ripping off Frank Sinatra on this list. <laughs> no, that's just... When are we going to nail that guy? That's just for... sound quality. That's not... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one is where we start to get a little more into... I think they're the same song, but I think you start to get more room to be like, no, they're two different songs and I don't have a problem with it. Jealous, Mm -hmm. and then I'm comparing that to Taylor Swift style. Okay. What is that electric guitar playing? (laughs) Almost the same thing? Way to disguise that. (laughs) She has less. She has less bloopsies and bloopsies going on now. (laughs) I, I'm bamboozled. Categorizing 
So this is kind of like, eh, maybe we fade away from it. But then we go right back to... I turn my chin, use it up, and I'm puffing my chest. You can hear That's it now. That's so weird. I've never heard that before, but it's... In case I wasn't doing the best job singing, basically, you can do this for yourself. Listen to the chorus of Jealous, and then when the chorus starts coming up for style, just start singing the chorus to Jealous. And most of it, you're going to end up on the same pitches. And so, I mean, Livy, you seem to have kind of like a, wow. My mind was blown. Uh, <laughs> Nick Jonas' song came out about a month and a half before the Taylor Swift one. Mm -hmm. So that's probably not long enough. I think she wrote that song in a week and pushed it out. Well, I don't think so because it wasn't released as a single until six months after the album came out. It was on the album before it was a single. Yeah. So it was a month and a half from his single to her album. And knowing how much no, but knowing how much production and marketing goes into her albums, I really don't think that she yeah. just like popped out a hit single in six weeks based off of yeah. that. It's really, really close though. I should have cross referenced producers. I feel like that's way so more of an could important easily detail. Easily have similar song songwriters because I mean I hate to just keep bringing songs. it back to you too, but I don't really. Um, <laughs> U2 hired Ryan Tedder to be a producer on their new album that came out this year or last year now um, who's worked very very closely with One Republic and one of their songs came out and people were like wait a second this sounds like something I've heard before and they went back and they found some uh, behind the scenes video like in the studio video that people have made of um, One Republic recording something and it was the exact same guitar lick and some of the exact same, like the chorus was identical. And it turns out that One Republic had decided not to use the song. So he just brought the entire thing wholesale to U2. And so they changed some of the lyrics and like made it fit what they wanted to talk about. But the guitar lick is the same. The chorus is exactly the same. And so like that producer was shopping around a tune that basically he wrote rather than like producing a song for the artists. Mm -hmm. He was just taking some of his work around and asking people to put his name on it. I'm not saying he did that in like a malicious or greedy way. I'm saying that like One Republic decided not to use it, and One Republic and U2 are not all that different at this point in time. So, but I think that's another, not necessarily a point that I was trying to make, but I think that's something that I'm interested in, is you know there are producers or just songwriters that basically might be shopping around a song and saying, mm -hmm. hey, I want you to use this tune. And basically they just keep shopping it around until they get somebody mm -hmm. to have a number one hit with it. That, uh, what's By the way, name? Ryan Tedder is a, labeled as a producer for that Taylor Swift song. So <laughs> homeboy's everywhere. Yeah. Is he, Maybe that was originally is he on the Nick song. Jonas song? No, there's no crossover between songwriter mm -hmm. and producers on the okay. Nick Jonas and Taylor Swift song. I so I take say, it back. Uh, I don't know. That one songwriter, I think his name is Max. It's the one who, he's like, I've talked about him in classes before, how he's like the behind the scenes guy of like 
the pop industry. He writes so many of like Katy Perry songs and stuff, and like all of, and like a lot of like I think he's worked with Lady Gaga. Anyway, he's like just I think has some of the best and have most been, credits. Have they like um, fought before? I think they have, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty Although, sure. I guess is, that uh, also doesn't matter because I'm pretty sure the media and tabloids oh, yeah. blow that For out sure. of proportion. And I mean, it's business anyway, but I'm 99% sure his name's Max. But anyway, if you like Google songwriters in Hollywood, you'd be able to find this guy. And uh, whenever I was talking about it before, uh, we talked about how he had originally written one of Katy Perry's, like, well, I want to say it was Katy Perry's, that one of the, you know, top singles that he had written, he had initially uh, wanted to give it to, like, Rihanna or someone else, and then they passed on it so then someone else did it and it was like number one hit so that happens with him and he's on a giant scale so i wouldn't be surprised if that happened with other people all the time yeah well and i don't want to bring it up mostly because i didn't think it was worth going to find this one but there's a bruno mars song that he wrote that was on his first album um runaway baby which um he apparently wrote us wrote in air quotes a new song for a different artist where adam levine was the like chorus feature Mm -hmm. it's the same song (laughs) (laughs) all he did was change the lyrics and so so i think that's another example of just like and this song hasn't been a hit yet yeah (laughs) (laughs) let me give it to this guy and see if you know he does better um Adam, you have anything else to add, or are you ready for more pop songs that kind of sound vaguely similar? Uh, now that I finished scouring through the production teams and see no overlap, uh, I did look up both of them at the same time, and there's a lot of mashups, mm-hmm. but not so many people talking about like who ripped off who or anything. Well, there's a Yahoo Answers from 2015, but <laughs> that's not really a source I was looking for. So, and. You know, I'll say this again later in the podcast, but, you know, this is all stuff that we want to hear your responses to. What are songs that you think is just a blatant ripoff or you think it's the same song or, you know, what are songs that you think they're similar characteristics that may have intentionally or unintentionally been brought over? So, you know, hit us up on Facebook I guess we're also on Twitter, but I guess Facebook is what we're mainly checking right now. So You guys ever heard of Ice Ice Baby? <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so this is going to be comparing Sam Smith's Scars from his new album and James Bay's Let It Go. These, to me, are similar at the chorus, but I don't... I don't think it was intentional ripping anybody off. It just seems like, as far as musical structures go, the counterpoint a little bit of what is the melody and what's the bass doing, that just seems similar to me. Um, In the beginning of Scars, there's also, there's something about it that I think that's like borrowed from somewhere else that's not James Bay, but I I couldn't place it. I thought it was a Lumineer song, but I just, I couldn't figure it out. I don't know why, but I know right where he was going to come in on this song. Hmm. 
Like, to me, it was kind of a unique place, but for whatever reason, I was like, that's right, that's the pitch he's going to come in on. Gina did that. So compare that to wherever his song is. Not that. <coughs> there we go. This part is clearly different. That's the part to me that's. I guess, yeah. And then it goes up and right I at the end. So, in those two songs, what I'm hearing is similar is that the chorus, you both have these descending lines that I'm pretty sure are stepwise for the most part. And then there's, like, right at the end of the chorus, there's this little, like, lift or turn back up. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, to me, that's what I'm hearing is similar, but I'm not hearing it as, you know, as either the Nickelback song where it's, like, blatantly <laughs> the same song twice or the Ollie Murs and Megan Trainer, where it is the same song, they just like change the lyrics. Right. And so to me, this is where we start to get into there's something similar, and I don't think anybody's ripping anybody off. I think it's just out of all the musical structures in the world, you know, this is just these two are similar. Mm -hmm. So, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Did you hear that as being similar? That one was mostly in the more chorus. obscure. I know you said that there was that part in the middle that was clearly different, but I didn't even nearly hear it as much in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's James Bay adds in, um, I would say, a much more chromatic chord. It was definitely like there's something with more tension to it at one point, and Sam Smith's is much smoother the whole time and it doesn't really feel like there's any like tension or I have to go somewhere else just from I guess a harmonic perspective but yeah I didn't think the intros are really that similar oh, okay so I was just and just the chorus and I definitely agree yeah. yeah uh what's going on with falsetto right now it's just it's in I know but that's what I'm has it always been in no 
Are you sure? I mean, when I say no, I'm excluding things like Spanish-speaking countries where that's like the go-to thing. And I guess more I of a traditional of it as more sense. like a like a recent thing. Like well, the I guess, guys' voices have been getting higher in, in pop music, at least. Yeah, guys but voices like, have been getting uh, higher and girls' voices have been getting lower. But then, like, I think I go back and I look at other older pop music, and it seems like I don't know, just like really high falsetto has been a thing for a while. Well, yeah, like uh, Aerosmith. Yeah. Did I'm not saying Aerosmith sang the whole thing in falsetto, right, yeah. but there are definitely parts where. They were using that as mm-hmm. a tool. Yeah, I mean, think about Michael Jackson. He yeah. was up there basically the whole time. But you can even go like a little bit further back. And while Freddie Mercury didn't hang out only in the top part of his range because he had a huge, amazing range, but I mean, the beginning he's to got up there. Um, somebody to love. He's exactly, up there. like he's up there. I th- I just thought of it more as a recent thing, and I definitely think it's gotten more and more pervasive. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's less recent than I thought. And if it's not recent, why is it that at least in pop music, guys singing, like guys with very very high voices and guys singing at the very very top of their range, why is that like the big deal? I mean, here's here's what I think, and I don't have any like specific proof. I don't have any thoughts at all. So bring it on. As guys get older, doesn't their voice go up? I'm not. Or, or is it that guys sure get that lower? One. I know girls, as they get older, their voice drops. And they just naturally can't sing as high. I'm pretty sure I vaguely remember that. I thought that happens to guys as well. I can't remember on guys. Do you but mean like I would also elderly? S- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Because there is a, a second voice change that, that happens in your... going to be Because <laughs> there is, like, another voice change that happens in your early 20s. Yeah. That's a big problem for singers. Most people don't even know about it. Until um, okay. it's too late. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the silent killer. Voice changes at 20. <laughs> oh, that can, that be the title of the, can that be the title of the podcast? The silent killer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just I was thinking about that recently because I've been finding a lot of music. I mean, there's obviously a lot of music but that uses falsetto now. I think the We're trying to figure out if that's recent or the reasons for that. I think. Well, I just had a flash of. I've been thinking of like what genres use it because we mentioned rock and pop. I think Bonnie Vare is a good example of someone who sings mm-hmm. his falsetto yeah. a lot, and it's a very different genre. Mm-hmm. But the to finish the point I was getting at was even like young teenagers, boys, their voice a lot of time is going to be high anyways. And so singing with falsetto, especially when you're a kid, is easy. And so I, th- I would think in some way the falsetto range is easier for people to sing all around. Does that make sense? Whereas I would say, like, the voices of Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson's hard to sing with anyways, but those are definitely strong, lower, like, baritone 
<laughs> bass voices. I guess Willie maybe not as much as John. You're not just but... talking about technique. You're saying about where it falls in the range right. for most people. Right. And so maybe. I would, I would because I've heard stories about you know radio edits being a little bit higher just because more people will sing along and will be more prone to listen. And so I would think that it's just more of a in thing. Although I will also say, um, like in the classroom for teaching ear training, that's mm-hmm. where I find it to start being a problem. Is um, And I've talked to Dr. Beard about this before, is that you don't really have like just strong like male voices to listen to that's in a comfortable range for most people Mm -hmm. and so then you you know have people that really haven't sung by themselves and feel comfortable doing that because like even some of the country artists have definitely gotten higher over the years you know you still have some of your i guess like the zach brown band is definitely on the lower end of the range but you know it's not like we have you know, another Johnny Cash just hanging in the wings. It's like, nope, definitely just going to sing in a bass range. Yeah. I mean, I don't sound like it now, but when I did voice stuff in undergrad, I was like a high tenor. Um, and it still felt like most pop stars were hanging out in places that I couldn't, at least not for very long. Like, I could not match them for any period of time. Um, yeah. I, at one point in my life, thought I was a baritone. But for me... I just can't get that low anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure part of that is like I'm not actively trying right, to yeah. hit that low G or low F, but it's just it's not going to happen. But most of the time if I want to go falsetto and up, it's fine. And weirdly enough, I would say in falsetto, I'm more on pitch. Hmm. But I think that also has to do with the music that I listen to and basically that's what I'm practicing and so trying to sing like with my chest voice versus head voice but the same notes the chest voice is going to comes out with a different timbre and a different like it's just harder to get although I'm slowly getting better at it although it's also just like belting it (laughs) so (laughs) my falsetto feels different than it used to and I'm not sure if it's just because I'm using horrible, horrible technique now that I'm out of practice or whether I'm actually going through that second voice change and I'm becoming not a high tenor. No idea. A little alarming. I'm sure I'll figure it out one day. You know what I think it is? What's that? I think you're just sick right now. Well, I'm sick right now, but I'm not speaking exclusively. I wasn't doing falsetto on the way over. <laughs> that was a joke. No, but... You just didn't think it was as funny as I wanted you to think it was. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, let's get back into this. This is an example of Ed Sheeran um, and his song, How Would You Feel? And the song that I'm comparing it to is Rod Stewart. These two I don't hear as they have specifically like, oh, they copied each other. There's just definitely a... I Hold on, know. I want to find out how far apart these two songs are written. Maybe because you can find that they have the same production team. I was going to say, I don't listen to Ed Sheeran, but I'm in if he sounds like Rod Stewart. Oh, I love not, Rod Stewart. I'm not saying he sounds like Rod Stewart. Well, then I'm but, back out. Okay. Um, but where is it? 
Okay, so. Specifically remember that moment. This is the end? This is Rod Stewart. Oh, okay, sorry. But I'm gonna play it again because you have to remember this. is where I think it's important because I think this is intentional by Ed and this song is called Have I Told You Lately That I Love You okay Do you, can you remember what you just listened to yes alright so let me pull up Old Eddie boy. I love Rod Stewart. Can we just have a Rod Stewart podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we can discuss we're, the merits of We're going to have too many going on. We're going to have a Nickelback podcast. <laughs> we're going to have a Rod Stewart podcast. This is actually a, uh, a Van Morrison song. I'm sure many of our listeners know that. The Have I Told You Lately? That yeah, I it was written you. by Van Morrison. But interestingly, you talked about plagiarizing yourself. And that's what he did. He took a different song called, uh, where'd it go? Someone Like You, and he built another one using the same framework, and then he wrote, Have I have I Told You Lately? Okay. Interesting. I did not know that. So here is Ed's um, How Would You Feel. Does that sound familiar? Drove me insane. <laughs> you are the one girl. But you know that it's true. Feeling younger. Every time that I'm alone with you. And it just keeps coming back. plays the guitar solo on that song yeah i saw that i didn't know that before but i did see that but ed had written the song first and then he said he did such a terrible job playing the guitar (laughs) that he you know talked to john just called up his buddy yeah as one does so with those two songs i think ed sheeran intentionally kind of included elements of the have i told you lately the rod stewart version because adam you said that van morrison wrote the song right Mm -hmm. i haven't listened did he do a version or was it just he wrote a separate song and then just reused the framework uh i'm about to we're about to find out okay (laughs) while he's working on that 
it's still there. Yeah. That little that little phrase that's in the guitar on Ed Sheeran's song and is in the piano, I believe, from the Have I Told You Lately. It's that little musical motive, I guess. But I think Ed Sheeran intentionally isn't using it because his song is... His song is How Would You Feel If I Told You I Loved You? And then the song he's referencing is, Have I Told You Lately That I Loved You? And so to me, there's a connection there that was intentional. Although I haven't, you know, I searched earlier and I didn't see anything that was specifically like, yep, I did this. Yeah. Although I would also, apparently (coughs) he wrote it for his girlfriend and then like that's her favorite song and so... And he almost forgot to put it on the album, and then she was like, hey, you remember you wrote this? And so there may also be a, he wasn't, you know, he was writing it for her, and there was kind of this other, like, oh yeah, I could throw this in there, and he's intentionally going for, like, the power ballad style, so... Although I will say, that drove me insane on a five-hour <laughs> car ride to Memphis, and I had to start calling friends and family like, hey, I need you to go listen to this song, because there's this <laughs> little guitar lick that Ed Sheeran just won't let go, and <laughs> what is that from? And then eventually, my friend Amber was like, oh, that definitely sounds like Rod Stewart's Have I Told yeah. You Lately That I Love You. And I was like, oh, that is what it is. <laughs> um I found an article from a website called The National that I think is from the United Arab Emirates. Sure is. But they have a review of Ed Sheeran's album on there. Yeah. And it says, Dive is a well-crafted quasi-soul, while Perfect and How Would You Feel are modern updates of Eric Clapton's Wonderful Tonight and Van Morrison's Have I Told You Lately, respectively. So you're not the only person who's in on this trend. I doesn't seem like Ed Sheeran has ever said anything about it but this review said yeah it's a nice update of that other song but they also said it about an Eric Clapton song so maybe I haven't off the record we can figure out that one yeah alright moving on though here's one where we get I guess even for like it's just a blip on the radar I think that there's how they get into the chorus is similar and that's about it. Mm. You know, maybe there's a similar style, but it's not like if you wanted to argue Ollie Murs and Megan Trainer wrote different songs, those were, you know, different styles or something. It's not that. It's like, no, it's kind of the same style, but they're not doing the same thing. And there's just this one moment of like, eh, maybe. Mm-hmm. So this is Sam Smith's one last song, also from his new album. And Megan Trainer, I'm going to. Like I'm Gonna Lose You featuring John Legend. This is literally right before the chorus. It's this moment.
right. And here is Megan's song. Lesser enough where the chorus is, so we just have to listen for a second. So to me, that moment right yeah, there, yeah. there, it's just a similar uh, feature. Now, but could that also be argued that that's like a hallmark of the quasi-soul sound that they're going for? Because that sounds like it could be indicative of getting into the chorus on like a soul song. But in... Which um, would be more of a topic than it would be... So in case we sort of cut it out, Adam and I were discussing isn't the feature that I'm looking at, which is the very, very brief lead-in into the chorus in both songs, is that they sound similar. And that his question is, is that really just, you know, indicative of the soul style that they're both going for? And is that just a feature of it? And I think the answer is yes. But I, I think that's the point that I'm making is that these two are similar, but it's not like, oh, they definitely ripped each other off. It's like, no, this is just a musical <coughs> structure that you kind of are allowed to reuse. Yeah, I think they're both trying to point to the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so the slight differences in, in sound is like, well, this is Sam Smith's way of doing it, and this is way of Megan Trainer's th- way of doing it. But they're both pointing to the same cultural idea, it feels like. This one is the most vague out of all of my examples, and it's... Um, Corinne Bailey Ray. Is that how you say her name? I think it's Corinne. Yeah. Corinne. Sounds like a good um, Put your records on, and it's Sam Smith's Baby You Make Me Crazy. I'm not hearing a specific, like, large musical structure that I think is the same or something. It's just something about the chorus to me is kind of like, you know, something seems similar there. Don't know what the deal is. this is really just like it's the same chord progression and I can just kind of hear the same song going on. There's a couple specific syllables that like land in the same place. Like there's not the same word, but like vowels that they hold out that match. Because I was listening and I was like, okay, it's similar. And then he had it like, there's something, one of the lines ended on like a word with a long vowel. And I was like, that doesn't sound just like the end of that other song. (laughs) Well, and there's, oh, let me see if, I'll play it briefly again. There's, 
he references something like, I'm going to go play my favorite song or something. And so... says gonna go play my favorite rhythm gotta get you out my system and to me that's at least lyrically it's close and so it's also kind of like are these two things supposed to be related somehow but Mm -hmm. other than just vaguely like eh, maybe i don't know how they're you know related there other ones that i kind of pointed out felt like there was stronger evidence as like Mm -hmm. yep something seems up here you know just as far as whether it's a musical structure, a completely repeated song, you know. So, I have some other just things that I listed um, for us to talk about. And, you know, either of you feel free to jump in. If a song has similar elements but is not the same, what am I hearing? Mm-hmm. I guess I don't know. <laughs> well, so... <clears throat> I guess, let's say a song has the same four chords. What would be, you know, if it does have the same four chord pattern and you're hearing two different songs, what's the difference? What would you, and I know it depends on the song, but what are just some general thoughts that you would think like, oh, well, this could easily be different (coughs) if it's not restricted just because we're using the same four chords? I mean, to me, I guess, like, the contour of the melody, or just where that starts, you know, that doesn't necessarily have to be the same, and I guess rhythmically it can also... Wait, Mm -hmm. you're asking what is the same because of chord progressions, or what is the same... How can it be different if it does have the same chord progression? Uh, So basically... I mean, just instrumentation is a big... Yeah. There's a lot of that. Because, like, the... The Nick Jonas one and the Taylor Swift one is similar as the melodies of the chorus where you wouldn't have immediately noticed that or started thinking about it if the guitar tone hadn't in like way of playing. And the Taylor had, Swift one? Yeah, had yeah. been completely identical to the Nick Jonas one. Yeah. Like they definitely had the same guitar part and like lead up to the chorus. Um, now the chorus melody was pretty similar as well, but I'm saying that like if the instrumentation had been different, it wouldn't have felt so much identical mm-hmm. yeah because the fault other question i had was sometimes it isn't the chords that sound the same or that i'm focused on what am i hearing that could make it sound the same and i think sometimes with that i think instrumentation also comes into play mm-hmm. that if the chords aren't the same but if it's that same style that's a big one for me i relate songs a lot based on that mm-hmm is that there's just a general sound based on instrumentation. Yeah. And I guess that would be kind of with um, symphonic works and other things is that if you're new to listening to that, at first it's just you have like the wash of that sound and you're like, this all sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Um, another question I had was, what if the chords are the same? Does that make it the same song? I guess we kind of already talked about that is that you could have different yeah. melodies and things mm-hmm. um 
We also kind of hit on the, if the arrangement changes, does that make it a new or different song? Well, we haven't really talked about that. So let's say it's... Are you, would that include covers or what do you mean by that? Yeah, so that's kind of the direction that I wanted to go was covers. Oh, yeah. Because, um, like... I mean, we've got some examples already on the list. Uh, you didn't play it, but that... What was that guy's name? Ryan Adams did a cover of all of that Taylor Swift album. Mm-hmm. So there's already one for style that we could have looked at. Yeah, I, I forgot that that the... guy um, covered her album. Yeah. I remember that happening, and I remember listening to some of it. So, like, with that, is that... Are those really different songs, or would you group that in as being the same song? I would probably group that in as being the same song. It depends on how different it is. Yeah. Because some covers are radical. Yeah. But underneath, even if they change all the instrumentation and even the chord progression a little bit, underneath it's still going to have the same melody and like yeah they can even change how the subject matter comes across they can take a happy song and turn it into a sad song Mm -hmm. which there have been on the voice which i don't watch religiously Mm -hmm. but i watch enough of it i mean one of the most famous Um, examples of that is uh mad world yeah is originally a tears for fear song that just jams and What was his name? Gary Jules? Or... It was Gavin something. I thought it was I thought, Gary. I don't know. I think you're right. I don't know why I thought it was Gavin. <laughs> we agreed but he didn't G. change. <laughs> he didn't change any of the lyrics, but he just put like a really sad piano underneath it and sang it a lot slower, and everyone was like, wow, this song is depressing as heck. How did we jam out to this in the 80s? Um, but in that one, changing the, changing the, the instrumentation and the arrangement of it totally changed the mood of the song. But I still wouldn't even really call it a, a different song because the lyrics and the melody were still the same. But, and I guess, Livy, what's your opinion on this? Like, if we're saying those are the same, to me, and I'm going to keep going back to it, the Ollie Murs and the Megan Trainer song, those I would definitely say are the same. And there seems to be, I would say, in comparison... Like, those two arrangements are different songs. What are your thoughts on that? Mm. To me, it comes back to, like, the melody. Like, as... I think this is just a very... Your personal take on what defines a song. For me, it's kind of the melody. So if it shares a melody... To me, it's like... It's the same song. Like, I would recognize... Even say you took off the words of two arrangements. If the melody is the same, I think you would probably recognize it through a different arrangement. So the really, if the counterpoint's staying the same, which in this case for us would be like the bass line and the melody, mm-hmm. really if those two things are the same between or similar between things, you would call that the same. Essentially, I think songs. you even if like you heard something that was. Like, have you ever heard those albums, like, Pop Goes Punk? Mm-hmm. They were popular for a little while. They take, like, uh, songs from, like, the Pussycat Dolls and stuff and, like, the Black Eyed Peas and make them really, like, emo punk. It's really <laughs> funny. Would recommend looking it up um, just for the novelty of it. Uh, 
But, like, I feel like if you heard one of those and you didn't have, like, the lyrics, you would still listen to it and be like, ah, I know that's that's some song, even though it's so, so different from the original, because uh, they made it so just dramatically punk. But mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, I recognize that. That's one of those songs. And it's like, because you hear the melody in there. And I guess, well, I guess they would have been musical songs before, but um, a lot of the Book of Mormon seems to be like recycled show tunes from earlier true true <laughs> so i guess that's there's also a similar aspect there is that you can if you know your you know musicals you can kind of start to be like is that lion king that they're quoting in this song that's just absolutely terrible <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> um oh and then kind of the last question that i have is are there musical genres that can offer more of an experience than others? And I think this kind of ties into what we were talking about with Mad World, is that by changing the arrangement, they've changed the musical experience. And I think this mm-hmm. is not a two-minute question, I think. No, <laughs> but, you know, for us, quick thoughts, and then I think, you know, for our listeners, we want to hear more from you guys. You know, what do you want to hear more of? What do you want to hear less of? Is there an artist or composer that you want to, our opinion on, our thoughts on? Do you agree or disagree with any of the things we've been saying? You know, and kind of either with the rap things that Adam pointed out in the last two episodes or the songs that I've talked about this episode, if there's any that you guys, you know, kind of feel like, oh, this is definitely similar, we'd love to hear. Um, kind of like the when Libby had the moment of, oh, yeah, this Taylor Swift song is kind of like Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you there's probably an example of somebody out there who thinks, oh, these two songs are the same, that other people aren't realizing, like, oh, the, those are related somehow. Yeah. But anyways, before we wrap up, Brief thoughts on are there you know different arrangements different genres can you get different experiences I guess that I think the answer I is think yes. this question might be better served in the next episode you say, all right next episode I, I just think is. that I think we could I could think we could squeeze it up out of this Ooh. I think so in the I meantime agree. before we record we would love to hear your thoughts on it guys um I don't think we have anything else unless Adam Liffey anything. I don't think so. No, no that's I'm it good. for me. I'm golden. Yeah. I was pointing at you so that you could sign off. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> <laughs> I'm golden. We're was... done. <coughs> it's okay. I already had. Forgot that was my job. I already had the goof of not remembering, but like, oh yeah, I should bring up talking points and not yeah. just dive headfirst into an episode. Dive, dive, dive. <laughs> we don't know how long we have left. Right there's concrete there. I'm ready. Just dive. <laughs> Anyway, this has been another uh, glorious episode of our sets. We hope that you'll join us again sometime in the future. And until then, keep listening. And happy 2018, right? Yeah, it's the first episode of the new year. Keep listening. (laughs)